In a galaxy far, far away, two men awkwardly stumble through a conversation about their love of a franchise that has captivated generations and sold a boatload of awesome toys. And right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Star Wars episode of a casual gaming conversation, aka episode four, uh, No Hope. Uh, I'm Matt Richards, and I'm joined by the layer to my hand. He is Adam Illuminate Ross Kemp. When you said that you'd been practicing an intro, I didn't think it would be that elongated, but that's quite good. Oh yeah, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it, man? And, and uh, I feel I feel like I really nailed your middle and surname. I've I've never heard the um, the Ross Kemp variation, so if you can keep trying like doing these each time, I'll I'll, I'll be greatly appreciated. Not offended, because that's some creativity that I love, Matthew Anthony Richards. That's. That's the dedication I have to the cause and to you that like, it took me all of 10 seconds while I was on the loo the other day to come up with that. That's that's the level let's, that we are at. On, let's not on, talk on about this. dedication and cause because this has been a hassle. <laughs> yes, we, uh, we, we may well be in a galaxy far, far away. You are literally on the other side of, of the globe at the minute. Um, we have been navigating through millennium falcon-esque uh technology smacking things hitting things trying to go to hyper don't don't push this man don't uh, don't push uh, these comparisons to star wars you're just gonna fall flat at some point yeah and no no they won't no they won't i'm confident i'm confident but yes we have had a lot of tech issues but we are bringing you this uh which will hopefully sound uh, yeah, I've got, I've got some like uh, some good ideas now. If, if anybody's having like technical problems with Skype, um, buy a five hundred pound ticket to the other side of the ro- the world and try Facebook Messenger. That, that, that's what you do. Yeah, um, there you go, Skype. <laughs> that is your new advert. Don't use us. Um, it's, it, it just don't use us. Um, we are going to make a lot of friends in this episode with a lot of companies. I'm sure uh, we are going to sit here to talk about Star Wars. Um, Obviously, we're not going to talk about the new movie because we respect everyone. And wait, wait, wait! Well. I've got something to say um, about that. Um, so, oh God. somebody in my girlfriend's current workplace was watching it on opening weekend, um, and then ten yeah. minutes in, when it got a bit quiet, somebody walked into the auditorium, shouted out the spoilers, and then ran. What sort of asshole that... is that? Sorry, like I just. There is a circle in hell, which is probably the ninth circle reserved for that person and that person alone that is oh, i was actually gonna worst. say it's the first circle like, of hell also known as episode one the phantom menace but <laughs> jokes um but yeah we are not going to talk about the movie today um, despite it being good uh we are here to talk about the video game side of star wars uh it's lucas art gifts lucas arts games has been around for a long time We've been about a million and one Star Wars games uh, throughout the years. Some bloody fantastic ones, some absolutely dire ones, and then somewhere in between. Um, So we are going to be discussing some of our favourite Star Wars games throughout the episode. Um, But I think where we're going to start off... This uh, is your idea. uh, This was my idea, because I think it's a conversation that should be had. Uh, Obviously, there is a brand new Star Wars game out on the market in a minute. You've probably seen a million adverts for it, and that is, of course, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is the second installment uh, of the current 
Battlefront franchise, I guess, because uh, there has been two previous Battlefronts, I believe, as well. Um, so it's yes, it's it's split opinions, shall we say, this game. Um, obviously, the, the EA uh, who made this game listened to a few things from fans. Uh, one of the main things was was having a single player mm-hmm. campaign mode, which they have got. Which is a super interesting idea because it's the first time that I can really remember, um, definitely in modern times, that we are on the side of the bad guys. Um, and that story picks up right where the uh, Death Star explodes and goes from there. So that's, that's like, a nice little touch. A, but the reason, touch. like when I, I don't, I don't want to dwell on negative, but but when we get to them, I will. But um, like when they first <laughs> announced Battlefront Two, the single player game, I was. I, I popped, you know, in wrestling terms, I popped. I was like, this is going to be great. And when you're on the bad guy side, it's something that I've wanted for a long time. Not just in a Star Wars game, but in a shooter um, to play it yeah, from the other sure. side. And like, I, I'm not going to try and get too deep into it, but every storm, no, not every stormtrooper, because that's not true. Some individuals in the Star Wars baddie side have a family. So it's like, how, how does this affect their day to day and what they believe in? Sorry. I think it's something. I, it's, I think it's something that the, the the films have done as well Gosh. recently, which is, which is. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna only talk about okay, Rogue cool. One, and the Force Awakens in the sense that they've they've made us see that there is a light and a dark side, but there's also a grey area in between those two things. Um, so having a campaign mode like this uh, is. Very interesting, um, especially in the modern times, again, to, to bring a newer generation into it because, you know, we we, we've, we were around pretty much for, uh, we weren't probably around for the, the original release, but we were around for the, the re-release in the early 90s. Um, and obviously the message was very clear on the first trilogy of movies, you know, it was good versus evil and we're all on board for that. But obviously there's a new generation now that, that aren't necessarily as engaged in that. Um but they are some of the positives. Uh, but the reason why this game has kind of become notorious is probably a big negative, and it is a two-letter phrase that sends shivers and sorrow into the wallets of parents everywhere, and that is loot crates. Yes, loot crates are—they're um, not the best, but then at the same time, they wouldn't be there if they didn't work. Um, and that's kind of quite a scary thought because if loot crates hadn't had some sort of financial gain for these companies then they wouldn't keep pushing them into the games, would they? Like, if you think about it. And in Battlefront, um, there is a case for people to stand up and be heard, if you know about all of that. So um, it was revealed how Battlefront 2 is really going to rinse you and growing your level to get even the heroes um, would take a ridiculous amount of money um, to even get there, like to even get to the ability to have heroes. So the fans of the game stood up and like this ain't going to be cool anymore. So they actually, for the first time, I believe, they were like, we're just not going to buy it. And EA, hmm. because believe it or not, EA will listen to people when money is involved that they're not getting. They removed the microtransactions from the game at launch 
And that phrase is very specific because I'd removed them from the game at launch. They've got, they're going to come back. I don't know if they've come back now, but it's a case of the actual consumer standing up to the, the big businesses and being like, we're not happy with how you're progressing with this business model. And to be fair, like I've got all this information here about loot crates over the past few years, but in all honesty, in my mind, it started with EA. Um, Hmm. on consoles um, because I was discussing this with um, a friend of mine um, a few days ago and it's like oh do you remember the Skyrim horse DLC it might have been the Oblivion horse DLC where um, you could for the first purchasable thing for um, the Elder Scrolls would be just horse armor and PC gamers at the time were like what the hell would I want to pay for this because if you remember like um, Skyrim Oblivion you can just mod it mod it to fuck um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it was the idea that somebody was going to start charging for it. But from a console point of view, um, the first console game affected by mobile gaming was Dead Space 3. If you remember mm. the old Dead Space 3 game. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe, and it yeah. it just it threw microtransactions into the fold. Um, it didn't go down too well, and sadly, like Dead Space Three just failed as a game. Not not mainly because of the microtransactions, but for various other reasons. But the microtransactions kind of tainted it badly. And Destructoid had a title, mm. um, on a feature on it called Dead Space Three has microtransactions because mobile gamers. And here's the thing I want to ask you before I get too deep into what's happening with loot box currently. Are you a mobile gamer? Because you say you didn't, you don't really play stuff since GameCube and Dreamcast days. Um, is it like, and you and you travel a lot. You travel to wrestling shows. You travel to um, gaming conventions. Do you find yourself playing mobile games more? And are you playing free to play ones or? Um, I'm actually, I'm actually not that into mobile games. Um, I, I've got, I've got a DS knocking about that I occasionally, occasionally dig out rather play that um or i'd rather just you know do something else but it's because i think i think free to play games is i understand the concept with loot crates on free to play games because you're not paying anything for the game um and i kind of i kind of get that that if you want to put money into it you can put money into it and that's fine i also don't necessarily have a problem with loot crates involved in games that you pay for as long as them add-ons are purely aesthetic rather than impactful on gameplay balance or, you know, leveling up or anything, anything to, to you know, that, that's going to progress the game. Also, I think the reason, I think you, you mentioned it before, the reason the, the, the Star Wars thing stood out to me was if I'm paying £50 for a game, you bloody well should expect to be going around as Darth Vader. From yeah, from the get-go, you one. shouldn't have to... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's it. You're paying this amount at the start. You shouldn't then have to keep paying. Exactly. Now, now, now. for example, like if I wanted to make, I don't know, if I wanted to turn my Darth Vader skin into an Anakin Skywalker skin and I have to pay a few quid to make that happen, then that's my decision and that's absolutely fine because it doesn't, it doesn't impact on my enjoyment of the game or my expectations of the game. But when you're putting loot crates in a way that you were literally, like you said, that obviously this kind of blew up on Reddit. It was the most downvoted um, comment, I believe, or, or, or Fred on, in Reddit history. And it all blew up because of the realization of 
it is going to take, you know, X amount of money and X amount of time to have something that was suggested or promised at the beginning uh, of the game and, and you didn't get it. So I understand from, from the mobile side of it why it happens, but I think something, for example, like Super Mario yeah. Run was something that I played as a mobile and I had no problem spending a few pounds on it because then I had a game that I could just play and pick up and whatever, etc., etc. And I do find myself gravitating to games that are clever independent games on mobiles that are just a few pounds and then you, you know you, you've got the game yeah. and that's fine like i'm i'm all for that um but it's it's i think i think the console world is it's such a i don't know it just feels like such a cop out and like again like not to sound like an old man but 50 pound on a video game it is and um are you sat down are you held on to the sides of your seat because mm-hmm. unlocking all current content in Star Wars Battlefront Two takes either takes two two ways. So it's either four thousand five hundred twenty eight hours. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, li- li- or no. ugh, two thousand one hundred dollars on top of your fifty and, quid and game. One... I know we're throwing through conversions here and currencies, but that's still a lot of money. No, look. All I'm going to say is no wonder they wrote it from the bad guy's point of view because Ooh, if they aren't, are they the bad guys? Mean, if they aren't, they are the bad guys for this. Like, and, and I think it's it's one of the things of like you like you said something positive came out of it because the gaming community came together and, and and stood united against it. And fair play to EA, they they did make a reaction, or or probably more accurately, a retraction. Um, but like you, like you said, it's this thing of, of there's such a disconnect now between the people that are making games and the people that are buying games. And I know, I know, again, like I don't want to come across as like a fantasist and like you know, like oh, everyone should get on and everyone should do this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, because it's a business at the end of the day. But you, you look at games, for example, like the first one that comes to mind for me is is, is Bethesda games. You know, again, we mentioned the armor for the horses on Oblivion or Skyrim um, and then Fallout, but it, it's a game that you uh, you just learn yeah. to treasure or two games you learn to treasure because you paid your money and you got it and it was a great experience. You know, same with GTA, you know, GTA Online has been an absolute revolution. That game's just gone beyond what a video game's ever ever been before. And again, I understand DLCs involved with that, but it's not a necessity. Yeah. It, it, it does, does make sense. sense. So when you're Maybe saying like um, the disconnect between gamers and companies is existing, um, so reported on by IGN, like these Activision patents um, from that were rubbish by Activision saying, oh, this was an exploratory patent filed in 2015 by an R&D team. It's not been implemented in a game. So that's, that's how the article starts. You go, okay, that sounds quite serious that they've come out to retract it. And like, I'm going to explain what this patent mm. does or did. Because the ironic thing, when I, like, I don't know what tense to put it in, because they said it's not going to be used because it was an R&D, so that's a did. But then it got approved this year. So they're not going to wow. use it, but they've now got it. Um, so what it does, it's described as a system that drives microtransactions in multiplayer games. 
The patent outlines a system in which players are matched together in such a way that it encourages the purchase of in-game content. So I think it was visualized in a way, so you're playing, say, for example, Call of Duty, um, and you're new to the game, so you're a noob, you're level one, and you're running around, and you get absolutely owned by someone. It will tell you what gun they've used Mm. and where you can get it. Uh, and it says the system okay. may match a more expert marquee player with a junior player to encourage the junior player to make game-related purchases of items possessed used by the marquee player, as a new player may wish to emulate the veteran by purchasing the same weapons gear they have acquired. I, like, that's, in, in my head, that's like the, here's what you could have won. So FOMO, or yeah, fear of missing sure. out, is something that everybody has, regardless of how confident or cool they appear to be they they'll be like i you always want to be better than you are the majority of the time yeah and especially when you're a teenager and predominantly this community in this industry is built around yeah like it's and and the accessibility Um, now to buy these things is really easy like all it takes is a few taps and you've bought something and like i was scrolling reddit last night and the kids managed to order like 94 dollars worth of pizza from an app called Slice. And when I say kid, <laughs> the picture of him, he's in his high chair. He's like, he's like, he's like four months old. Amazing. So his dad just left the phone next to him. And the kid was just tapping and managed to order $94 worth of pizza because there was no verification. It's just like, you just hit pay. Yeah. And fair, fair enough, like some, since the incidents with the iPads in the past where kids have spent like five grand's worth on like Candy Crush and mm. Angry Birds, there's now more steps in place. But, Patents like this are worse than that because yeah. they will pry, pry or pray. Mm. They will prey on people wanting to be better, and they think the only way to get better is not through taking the time, but through buying their way. And that's like, and that's what interests me because it differentiates themselves from another Activision game, but. Activision Blizzard in that of Overwatch because everything in Overwatch is cosmetic. So yes, you only get yes. good at Overwatch if you put in the time. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, and that's the because again, like it's something that you know I, one of the newer games that I really enjoyed when I played is Overwatch. And you know, like don't get me wrong, when when Blizzard do their little trailer of like you know Halloween theme diva or whatever, and it is like. You do have that thing of like, oh, that's super cool, that's super enjoyable, you know. Um, but then there is still, like I said, it's, it, it doesn't impact no. anything. It just, it's just that cosmetic, um, like look of the game. And I understand that's a big part of the game, but you can you can go on regardless. Yeah, it doesn't you know? it doesn't alter um, much, and you just you can still play and you can still compete with the best because it comes down to strategy and that's stuff that has been shown recently through the overwatch world cup which i stupidly decided to watch because yeah. i thought i was good at it um but these people are Ooh. absolutely <laughs> next level um yeah it's, uh, the thing the thing for me before before we go on to the final point on this um is look at the games this year that are game of the year yes games legend of zelda super mario odyssey right I mean, admittedly, they're both Nintendo games, and Nintendo have no concept 
of anything other than making ridiculously fun games. They have no marketing. They have no strategy. It's literally just insanity. And that's why Nintendo. we love it. But they have two games. Because Nintendo. They're two games that are like... You can just absolutely see why people have fallen in love with them games. The, the, the attention to detail and the the very clever way that it feels new, but it's old. And then, of course, the games that have DLC in their DLC, you know, like... But the thing is, like, if I'm a, if I'm a player and I'm a gamer and I play a game that's as bloody wonderful as, as, as Legend of Zelda or bloody wonderful as, as, as Odyssey... And I have that enjoyment and have that experience that game. I'm more likely to buy the DLC when that mm-hmm. DLC is released. Because, again, like, you know, I, I had it with Skyrim. Like, I fell in love with Skyrim. I still play Skyrim, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> I still have that fondness for it because it's a game that, like you said, is about investment. You have to invest timing it to, to get the most out of it, whether it's about skill or whether it's about immersion. And I think that that shouldn't be scoffed at because... We've heard this conversation before of, oh, well, you know, video games now is online, multiplayer, and it's like, well, there's a massive market that still want solo campaign games or just single-player games or even local yeah. co-op games. Um, so I, I think I think it, this this battle is far from over. Um, <laughs> that sounded like I was like, wow, just leave but, it for a bit, like, let it hang on that. Um, but yeah but i I do think it is a battle that is far from over because as as you will now explain it's going beyond just video games yeah the um the uk gambling commission today aka tuesday of this week which is the week fuck's sake the week of the 22nd of december posted a statement clarifying that video game loot boxes now do not qualify as gambling under current british law and they have stated that the line between video gaming and gambling is becoming increasingly blurred. So what? There's two. There's a good thing that comes mm. from this. So when you don't understand what you're trying to do, then you get a government trying to move, like destroy net neutrality. So they're just like, oh, yeah. what's this internet? Fuck it. Let's just let's just kill it. Um, let's take away net neutrality because we don't really understand. Instead of actually trying to put some laws in place, which the internet have needed for a really long time. Where this loot box thing is concerned, they have noted that currently it does not qualify. However, it is becoming blurred. And the statement, yeah. like, I'm not the best at looking at like government lawyer speak. So I'm going to read this out and see if you can understand it. A key factor in deciding if that lane has been crossed is whether in-game items acquired via a game of chance can be considered money or money's worth. In practical terms, that means that where in-game items obtained via loot boxes are confined for use within the game and cannot be cashed out, it is unlikely to be caught as a licensable gaming gambling activity. So that means because you can buy it in-game but they don't really go outside of the game, then it's not gambling, is how I read that. And that's, mm, that's okay. a very yeah. it's a dangerous conclusion. Because it's yeah, like sure. there's there's no monetary value, but then at the same time, um, it talks about like in my head, it talks about how digital games have no real monetary value because they're just a download. So when you buy yeah. a game in a box, it's physical; it's got something. Is that that difference there? Is that the same sort of thing? Mm. Um, because if if that is the case, then it's definitely going to have to change because we live in a 
in the era where everything is digital and, and accessible, yeah. if that makes sense. Like we, we don't we don't really have many physical, you know, um, objects anymore, or we have less. It should be. Yeah, exactly. We have less, and it's um, and so as you said at the start, I'm in Canada right now, and I am, I was having a conversation last night about Starbucks, and they're doing something at the moment that Mm. gives you the opportunity to win um, a lifetime supply of coffee, which is perfect for me and you. But how you do so (laughs) is each. I'm going to explain it to you. I want you to tell me if this is a loot crate thing or gambling. So every day you get two spins of a wheel. And on this wheel, you can get cups of coffee, you can get lifetime, you can get nothing, you can get food. Two a day, okay? So always. If you make a purchase, you can then get another spin. If you then purchase something over a certain amount of points, you can then get another spin. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's gambling. <laughs> is that, and it's is not, that and it's not held under any like, of the gaming commissions over here. It's just like anybody has access to it. You put legit, like so. This is for the accumulator squads. You put twenty mm. quid into the Starbucks, twenty Canadian dollars, oh, fucking whatever, into the Starbucks app. That's and you pay from there. You have to pay from your phone because Starbucks have done something really clever. Like um, they don't have a gift card or something. You have to use money that you've put into the app before you can buy a coffee so they've they okay. hold your money that way so there's one comparison to you, your gambling sites um yeah. and then that's that's how they track what you've bought it, it it's it's legit accumulate gambling like you put the money in there and you have to use it because it's there and then you get that thrill that chance of spinning the wheel and you might just miss. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, for my past um, of a developer, making a wheel stop just next to it is just a slight change of a variable. Mm, that's just... I just, I just want coffee, man. Hey, Starbucks, <laughs> we'll, we'll completely rubbish this <sighs> if you send us something because we're really easy going. Like, you know, come on. Just, you know, we, we won't discuss this ever again. God, this Starbucks latte is amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think we'll leave it there because I think this whole episode could be on 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 loot crates and and the villainous nature of them. Um, but we did mention there is older Star Wars games in in the canon uh, that we are very fond of. But there's also there's also some stuff that uh, could be in development, might not be in development, but. What we're going to do now is have a conversation about if we if we were to make a Star Wars game, because let's face it, Battlefront 2 has let us down a little bit. What are the things that we would want from a Star Wars game? So I'm going to start with you. What would you want from a Star Wars game? Such a pisser, just throwing it over to me. Um, so what I want is pretty simple. Um, I want... Star Wars 1313, which anybody listening to this podcast who knows about Star Wars games will be like, yeah, I want that too. Um, do you know about 1313? I remember. I rem- Right, so I remember when they did... Um, it might have been E3, not this year, last year. They did it, uh, maybe even the year before, but they did a big announcement about they had X amount of Star Wars games in the... In the... Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, yeah, so I remember. I remember it being said... 
then, and I remember it being the one game that took my interest in terms of like, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, so that's about as much as I know, though. So thirteen, thirteen. Um, after reading, so if you're a video game, you need to read Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier. Um, he's a reporter at Kotaku. And throughout his book, which you can now get on Amazon for pretty cheap, he he interviews developers about what it was like to create a video game. Um, so mm. they focus on Destiny in it, Uncharted 4, um, and there's a chapter on 1313. And that game was going to be amazing. They talk about that E3 trailer that you mentioned. Um, they speak about all these, like... Oh, all these ideas for the game. Like, it was going to be in the vein of Uncharted. It was originally inspired by Gears of War. And then, like, LucasArts were just like, no. And EA shut them down, shut the game down. And instead said they were going to pivot onto other things. And what they wanted to pivot onto, which... So imagine it's like a graph. So it's like, oh, 1313, like, the graph's peaking, and then EA close it, like, straight back down. Mm. And then they say, oh, Amy Henning, who created, who is solely responsible for Uncharted, but is one of the key people behind the Uncharted games, was working on a new one. Oh, peeking. I'm peeking. With Visceral Games. Oh, I'm peeking. They made Dead Space, right? Like, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm like peak nearly orgasm in here, like by this combination. <laughs> and then they release the trailer from E3 last year showing what this game is going to look like. It's like, mm. oh, what? And then it happens again. So earlier this year, EA decided to shut down Visceral, um, cancel, pivot the project. Fuck's sake, the only person who says pivot with any sort of affirmation is Ross from Friends. And, <laughs> and it's like, what are they going to do with it? Because this is another chance to create a new Star Wars game that we were going to care about, an action-adventure game. Like, 1313 mm. was going to end up being um, about Boba Fett um, as the bounty hunter in the darkest slums of the Star Wars universe, it wasn't going to be clean, mm. it wasn't going to be fancy, no. it wasn't going to be glossy, it was going to be dark, intimidating, brooding, all the stuff that you want from a fleshed out Star Wars universe. You've got your Battlefront, you've got your, your cartoon Clone Wars, but there's a certain level of fan who wants to delve deep into that universe. Like, you know, in episode two, I know. I know mm. we're not supposed to talk about like the the prequels here. It's um, fine. It's fine. Anakin, Hayden. I nearly said Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Christian <laughs> jumps out of the um the floaty floaty car in yes, yes, after yes. the assassin. Yes. Imagine playing in that world that he never reaches, and, and I having think, that taken think, away. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Is like I think me and you want similar things uh, overall because. It, the thing that the reason why I love Star Wars is the universe it exists in because it's not just the films. Um, whether it's canon or not, that's that's up for discussion. But it's how immersed in this world you became because as as a kid, um, I was in that world. I wasn't I never went full in with like, you know, naming characters that had no names and, you know, like going to conventions dressed as them or whatever. But I always really enjoyed the stories that 
didn't happen, but you could almost picture happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would, um, for me, from a Star Wars game, I wouldn't necessarily want one engine or one game type. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I am, as much as the next guy, I love having lightsaber battles, especially when they're good. But, like, I would love stuff like expansion on other characters. So, uh, maybe having a story where you go through the Stormtrooper ranks as Finn. Uh, maybe, like, a Rogue Squadron-type game with Poe. Um, you know, something like that. Like, Or how cool would it be to have, like, a Knights of the Old Republic game, but it's Luke Skywalker's Academy? Yeah. Like, little things like that. Or the, the 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 stuff that I'm super like caught up on at the minute, like they have my interest, even though they've only ever been seen on screen once, is the Knights of Ren. What? I'm like, I'm like, who are these Knights of Ren? What 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 have they done? This looks like the most gangster thing in the world ever. I want more of but that. That's what, like, um, so that's what the films are sort of trying to do now, like, because mm. um, Rian Johnson who did Last Jedi is now being confirmed that he's going to go off and do another separate trilogy. I'm all up for that. Mm. I haven't seen The Last Jedi yet, but like the fact that they're trying to create this universe around it, around the films more so, should be replicated within these games. Absolutely, because that's the experience that we want. Like whether it's because again like it, it's it's not just how it used to be where we all wanted to be Luke Skywalker or we all wanted to be Han Solo. Now people go and watch these movies and, and connect with characters, you know, that aren't necessarily the main characters or the main heroes or the main villains. So it's the one thing that video games can do is give people an opportunity to live out their fantasies in that way. So I think for me, it's, it's again, it's about them stories that aren't necessarily the ones being told. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of thing that I want. I, I I'm probably gonna go with with uh, Rogue Squadron with Poe because that just sounds like the best idea I've ever had in the last ten. We got some um, so. we got some people, you know. I'm all about social media engagement. Um, we got mm-hmm. some individuals from our community, which we have. How lovely is that? Thank you guys. Um, who yeah, said what their amazing. favorite Star Wars games was kind of. Helps us segue neatly into the final section. It does. It does. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of like a whitewash, really. Like, um, for I wonder what one for Knights of the Old Republic. Of course, it did because it is the best game in that whole franchise. I've never played it, man. Um, so when all these people are like sending stuff through, because the image I used was of um on on Facebook, I used like the Fortune Least. And on mm. Twitter, it's like, oh man, I'm just going to use like the Pod Racer game just to see how many people go. I remember that game well, but it seems <laughs> that Knights of the Old Republic just dominated on both channels. So kudos to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got uh, Knights on on Steam because uh, it's quite cheap on Steam now. I think you can get like two of them for quite cheap. Um, I've not gone back and played it, um, which I'm thinking about doing at some point uh probably want to get a better computer to do it uh but it was just i think it was i think it was the star wars game that we were all desperately waiting for up until that point like we never had that kind of game uh we had like terrible tie-in movie games and you know sort of ideas but that was the first time that game really i think spoke to a star wars fan's 
you know, language, I guess. Like, that's what we all wanted to do. Um, and MMO as well, you know, like, that's that's a big thing in, in any sort of fantasy franchise. Um, and they absolutely smashed it. Um, it's not the most perfect game in the world ever, but that's kind of why it's endearing. But it's funny because you mentioned the Podracer game. Um, I absolutely loved it. Like, because one of the most important things in any racing game, it's the same reason I love Burnout, especially Burnout 3, is the sense the sense of speed. Like, I want to feel like I'm going perilously fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you have... So... Uh, I'm just... I'm, you can't mention Burnout, man. You can't do that to me. You can't mention Burnout without me being prepped for it's it. Fine, like, it's fine. Like, no, no, no. I love the Burnout games, and like, I'm not... I'm going to... Like, I can't think of words now. Like, I could talk about those, that series so much. And I probably will, like, probably see if we can do something on that. Like, just, you know, like a 30-minute audio documentary oh, sure we'll about yeah. Burnout being yeah. sick we'll as We'll do something. But that Podracer game was, was one of the, 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 the first um, movie tying games that, that wasn't absolute trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also kind of made me like Phantom Menace more because I I had a had a fondness for that game. I don't have the same fondness for the film now. I still have the same fondness for the game, but it just again it was that that expansion on something that we saw. Like oh, here's a glimpse of this thing that was uh, you know like a sport or a spectacle that's used to move the storyline of the film mm-hmm. forward, forward, narrative of the film forward. And then they expanded on it. Um, I know you mentioned as well, like we've been making notes on this, and you're saying about how they were racing on different planets, uh, not just Anakin's home planet. And again, it's that expansion that, like, ooh, there's more to this than, you know, yeah. just what meets the eye. Yeah, it's like, um, and what you mentioned there is perfect. It's like, it's just you take a glimpse and you can take a glimpse of the world and then you expand it through video games. So that glimpse was this is a perilous sport. And when mm. I watched it, um, back as a kid, it's like this is amazing. Like this is, well, this is this is racing like we'll never see. Like one of the the earliest yeah. games that I played was Wipeout on the PS One, yes. and then yes. um, Extreme G on the N sixty four, which yeah, was like man. that weird bike racing game, and it had that feeling of speed. And then you see that put into into screen, and it just it links. But it's also that glimpse. Like if you now go. And this is going to be the deadliest thing to put into the minds of anyone listening to this. You go back through six, eight, is it eight films we've now got in Star Wars? Uh, Probably nine. 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 Yeah, with Rogue nine. One. And you think of, okay, what glimpse could be made into a game? Yeah, there's, and, and there, is, there, is a, there is some. Uh, and especially when you watch a new movie, you'll see as well, so... Um, honorable mentions. Um, I do think go to the Star Wars Lego games, which were the th- were they the first in the franchise? I feel like they were. I could be wrong. Answers on postcode, but they were just adorable. They were just and they were they were they they were made with love. I think is the main thing. I think I think that's what Star Wars fans want. They want products that are made with by people that clearly care about what they're doing. Yeah. And it's something that, that, that Warner Brothers did really well with the whole of the Lego games and continue to do with the Lego games. Um, 
the, the, their attention to detail to the little things about you know what people want um like I, i'm very fond of them because i i was very lucky to have um hands-on go with uh, lego dimensions uh last summer i think when they started to add um like the a team and gremlins and adventure time and the one that killed me was was they added sonic mm-hmm. and you can play um the the green zone one in its entirety in 3d from like um a behind view of sonic and it just absolutely killed me because and, and like it was that thing again of you could just tell that people that, that, that loved those franchises are involved in it and it's i think that's why the lego star wars stuff was the most um i don't want to say comprehensive but it felt the most i don't know like you felt like you got everything you kind of wanted in it in, in it if that makes yeah, sense. yeah like i completely agree with you on that it's like it felt the closest to the series of yeah. any game that well nice the old republic but for mm. for accessibility yeah. um and that's what pod racer did as well um in that same sort of way so- so the the first ever the first ever um, Star Wars video game I ever played, um, I I had um, so I think I entered a competition when I was a kid and I don't remember winning, but um, I was about ten that I remember because I was moving around about that time and I won a handheld like Millennium Falcon game. Do you remember like this this side scrolling games? Yeah. So it was in it was in the shape of the Millennium Falcon. I had a Teenage Mutant like, Ninja Turtles one of them. Oh, I had I had a Sonic one. I had loads, um, and like I absolutely loved it because it was like I literally was holding the Millennium Falcon and then playing this game that was super hard that I did finish quite a few times, um, and it was just it was just wonderful. Um, also, the toys as well um, are worth a mention. So when I when they re released all the the movies and the first time they remastered them, um, I went to go and watch them in the cinema and I got all like the movie posters and stuff like that. But I also got like um, a playset that was Boba Fett's head that cool. turned into um, basically it was like the scene of um, Empire Strikes Back. So at the top of it was you basically make Luke hang on while Darth Vader does the line, and then you had like the prison that Han was being kept in, as well as the you know the bit where he gets like frozen, and it it was just amazing. Um, also, my sister did remind me that I didn't know what Boba Fett's name was for a long time, um, and I might have referred to him as Boghead Fred. Boghead Fred. Boghead Fred. Mate, I know I was I was a special child. But that's impressive, Boghead Fred. Boghead Fred. Um, so uh, that's why I laugh every time I see Boba Fett because oh, I just Boghead yeah, Fred. They, but they, they they absolutely like. Don't get me wrong, like, I absolutely understand the concept of, of they just made all the toys in the world ever and all fair play to them, but it was the, there were so many, that not just video games, just just um, memorabilia or, or whatever that, that have come along with the, the whole series over the years that have just been just wonderful. Like, it's wicked, because I still get to see my nephew, you know, have that same, mm-hmm. like, enjoyment from a franchise that I did, whether it's digital or, or you know, analog i guess is what we'd call it now but yeah it's it's great um so we now have a twitter because we're we are living in 2018 baby we're not even there yet and we're living in it um we're at casual gaming con uh which makes it sound like a convention that's the idea 
you know, mate, I'm, I'm oh. thinking three years in advance. You're already hosting all these conventions, so this is it, man. You've got you've got the man with a mic um, that can do the business. Um, so yeah, so if you're not following us on Twitter yet, um, follow us at Casual Gaming Con. Uh, Adam's in charge of that. That's why it's really no, 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 and engaging. No. Uh, he is he is the social media mastermind, whereas I'm I'm the lovable idiot that comes in and occasionally says things wrong. Um, it's fine. We know our roles. You know, uh, so Adam, wh- where are you on Twitter? I'm at Bacon Chin Matthew. You are you are the Bacon Chin um, to me, the one and only. Uh, I am at Twitter, uh, which is my my Twitter is there. It is in my head. Uh, M <laughs> Richards host. It's been a long day, man. <laughs> it's been a long day uh, yeah I'm uh, at M Richards host uh, give me a follow on there uh, you can find out what I'm going to do next year personally uh, oh man very, very... what a hook what a hook to find you can find out what I'm up to next year oh great lovely yes it's a very silly idea that I had today and I've put it out today so it's probably going to be a week what are you doing this episode comes out. Uh, I am I am decided that I'm going to run 12 races in a 12-month period um, over next year. So it's a 12, 12 minimum. So that could be a 5K, a 10K. Uh, and basically, I'm going to build up to the end of the year where I'm going to run either my first half or full marathon. Can we make up so, the races if you don't hit them? Oh, no, no. I'm going to hit them. Like, I am super determined. Um, I've already joined, like, a running club. Um, so... I'm full in on this. Um, I'm also like raising some awareness and hopefully some money for a couple of people, uh, a couple of groups as well. So yeah, go check that out. Oh, good lad, good lad. I was I was gonna I was gonna make another Schneidy cynical comment, but now I can't because you threw the charity ball at me. This is it. I am the Luke Skywalker of this podcast. I am a good man that occasionally makes bad decisions, um, <laughs> but overall. There is light in me. Um, so that's it. That is, that is our, our Star Wars episode. We are done. Uh, we are potentially going to do another episode around about between Christmas and New Year. Um, so it'll be coming up. We've got a few ideas in the pipeline, haven't we? Oh, we've got loads, actually. We've got loads of how we can make these and even if we can just do them on our own. Yes, yeah, cause you, exactly. Because I'm a Google Drive like fiend. Like, Matt just like looks in this fold and is like, oh, look at all these potential episode ideas. And there's one that just says Matt fucks off with a microphone. Um, yep. So that'll be one of my favorite. But yeah, we'll try. We, we're going to have an expanded universe. We're going to have some Rogue One episodes um, and maybe even a Christmas special that will go down in infamy. Hey, we might even have a spin off cartoon involving the walks. You never know. Uh, but that is it for now. We obviously want to know. You because it is a casual gaming conversation so make sure you hit us up on twitter and on facebook and let us know what you want to talk about let us know your top star wars games of all time let us know what you think about loot crates and let us know what you want to see from a star wars game in the future but for myself matt and adam this has been a casual gaming